This is Ham College, episode 50 for February 28th, 2019. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Create your own band opening with ICOM's newest SDR transceiver, the IC9700, coming soon. And by hamstudy.org, a great way to study for your next license exam. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. And we've got some tough questions tonight, Dean. Isn't that a kick in the head? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, you're nobody until somebody logs you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You know, anytime we're doing a live stream, we've got a chat room going on at the same time. You can jump into the action right there, amateurlogic.tv slash chat. Uh, we're going to ask questions, and there will be a test. And we're going to look at your paper over here in the chat room and, and, and see what everybody's answering. And, you know, that, that kind of helps us up uh, with a lot of these questions. Sometimes, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it just depends. Yeah. Yeah, so it it can go either way on that. If you're watching the live stream, though, you should go join the chat room. It's a lot of fun, a lot of interaction going on. It is. Well, what did we talk about last time? Well, I believe, with best of my recollection, we talked about modulation and transmission line. You think? Yeah. We did talk about transmission line. Oh, I was looking at the wrong place. Okay, well, you are right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it just kind of came to me just a few moments ago. Well, I knew I had put it on there on the <laughs> on the cheat sheet somewhere, and I just just forgot somehow where you I put looked it. over it. Yeah. Did you, did you write it on your wrist or something? No, I didn't. I didn't. Should have. Modulation transmission lines. Okay. Well, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, some pretty tough stuff. Uh, amplifiers. Uh, yeah. Decibels. All that good stuff. Well, we've talked about decibels <clears throat> before, but uh, you got a little button yeah, down some, here if you want to. Yeah. To, uh, just that. take one. Just you uh, know, S meters uh, readings. Some stuff that's not really. Uh, it's not. Well, I know what the S meters are. You use that all, look at that all the time, but you don't really think about a lot of the details about mm -hmm. what it's representing. So it's going to be some interesting stuff. I'm yeah. pretty sure there's going to be some buzzers going off because I glanced at the list of questions and a lot of that stuff. I I don't remember a lot of it. So it it's a good possibility. These are well, they're tougher. Yeah. They're getting a little tougher as we get a little further into the general pool here. This is, I don't remember how many episodes we've had now covering the general questions. You know, we we usually only go 10, 15, always less than 20 questions in an episode. So we can 
talk about each of them and mm -hmm. you know why the right answer is the right one and a lot of times why the wrong answer is the wrong one. <coughs> what DB change represents a two times increase or decrease in power? Is it A, approximately 2 dB? B, approximately 3 dB? C, approximately 6 dB? Or D, approximately 12 dB? Now this, this one I actually do remember because I, I'm pretty sure this is on the technician also or a variation of it. Um, three, if I remember right, 3 dB is double, so the answer would be B, 3 dB. That's, uh, that would be double increase or decrease in power. Two times increase or decrease in power. Well, let's, let's see what we've got over in the chat room. Everybody over there is saying B, and... Yeah, and, I, and there's really no yeah. way to, that I know to reason that out. That's just one of the things you kind of need to just remember. Yeah. Um, a lot of them we can reason through, but uh, I, I just don't, there's no way to do that one like that. Yeah. Well, let's just see. Okay. And you're correct. You got yeah, that one. So off to a good that start. One. That's one I did remember. So let's talk about these DBs a little bit. If we look at the chart there, there's a difference in the dB ratios for amplitude or voltage and power. Zero dB, the ratio there is one. That's just, just where we're starting out. If you go down to three dB, you notice for amplitude, that's a change of 1.413. But over in power, it's almost two, approximately two. Mm -hmm. uh, six dB, for amplitude or for voltage, that's a change of, you know, about a ratio of two to one. Over under power, it's almost a four to one change, or a one to four, depending on which direction you're going. Look at 20 dB. Wow. A 20 dB change would be um, 10 times the voltage or 100 times the power. That's good stuff to remember there. That's, that's pretty interesting. I had no idea that was the scale. Based on what we just talked about, why don't you ask me a question? Okay. What is the ratio of peak envelope power to average power for an unmodulated carrier? A, 0 0.707. Boy, that hasn't got anything to do with what we just talked about. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> B, 1.00. C, 1.414. Or D, 2.00. What is the ratio of peak envelope power to average power for an unmodulated carrier? Hmm. Uh, let me just say, this is a trick question right here. Yeah, I think I, yeah, it is a trick question. Uh, apparently we're not, well, yeah, we are kind of tripping up folks over in the chat room. Okay, guys, it's a trick question. Everybody's saying it's a... Oh, I told you there was going to be some buzzer action going on. Yep. At least I think. It's already started. What is the peak rate, or what is the ratio of peak envelope power to average power for an unmodulated carrier? That is the key right there. It's an unmodulated carrier. So the peak and the average are going to be the same because there are... Yeah, there's no difference. There, yeah, there's, there's no, uh, no modulation in it. So it's going to be uh, a ratio of uh, one to one. It'll be B. 
We had a couple of bees after they had already guessed an A, so <laughs> and a couple of C's. But yeah, that is a trick question. We're talking about two measurements, peak envelope and average power that, uh, well, there's no peaks there, so that the, uh, otherwise it would be higher. Unmodulated carrier is just flatline. Yep. So there you go, ratio of one. Let's move on to oh, the next well, one. Hold on, there you oh. go. Oh, I forgot. Okay, about yeah, that was a tough one now. That, that, yeah, that's tricky. What is the output PEP? Oh, get that buzzer ready. That means peak envelope <clears throat> power. For a transmitter, if an oscilloscope measures 200 volts peak to peak, Across a 50-ohm <laughs> dummy load connected to the transmitter output, is it A, 1.4 watts? B, 100 watts. C, 353.5 watts. Or D, 400 watts. Output PEP, peak envelope power from a transmitter, if a oscilloscope measures 200 volts peak to peak across 50 ohm dummy load this one I don't I just don't know this one well then when you don't know what do you do on your I'll exam look at the chat room and you hadn't got a chat room because they won't let you take your iPad in you're gonna have, you're gonna have to guess because it's better than not answering it yep so what would make sense to you there based on that? And then we'll actually calculate it out and see how to get the real answer. 200 volts across 50 ohms. I'm going to guess oh. 1.4 watts is, too, is way too low. And I think 353 is, I, I just don't know, but I feel like those are, the bottom two are too high. But uh, I'm trying to think about Ohm's Law. I know Ohm's Law has got to come into there somewhere, but it's not going to be a straight. Uh, not to mention I already peeped at the chat room and everybody said B. So I'm going to have to guess with B, number B. That is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, they would have just kicked you out of the exam for looking in that chat, in the room chat room and still in the answer. Yeah, well, luckily I don't have to worry about it. Yep. So you're saying it's B. I'm saying it's number B. For no good reason. No good reason except I felt like I felt like C and D were too high and A is too low, but I have no idea why the answer is one. Well, that's ones. one way to... to come up with a guess uh -huh. and that's what I, that's what i was gonna do and you're right yeah i'm not gonna give Th you a fist thanks, bump guys. yeah i'm not gonna give you a fist no, bump I for that one, i don't man. deserve one for that well once so you grab ashamed. a calculator and let's let's see how we would go about figuring this out how about a calcophone calcophone no you can't have that no you can't have it in there that's all exam. i've got yep they won't let you take it in. No. So but we'll have to use it here. So bring your regular calculator when you go. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, some things we need to understand here. What is the output PEP for a transmitter if an oscilloscope measures 200 volts peak to peak across a 50 ohm dummy load connected to the transmitter? All right, what we're looking for is PEP, peak envelope power. So we're going to have to do a couple of conversions here. First, that 200 volts peak to peak across a dummy load. Peak to peak is going to be twice as much as peak envelope would. 200 volts divided by 2, and that will give us our 400. peak voltage. <gasps> okay. 400. 200 volts? Oh, divided by 2? Yeah. Oh, 100. Other okay. divided. All right. All right, so that gives us a number of 100. Now, we've still got a couple of formulas to go through. We need to take that 100 volts peak and convert that to PEP. No, convert that to RMS. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. All right, so we've got 100 volts peak, and we need to know what the RMS value of that would be. So we multiply that times 0 0.707. 70.7. And now we can use the formulas that are uh, part of Ohm's Law. That's the first one that came to mind when I saw this question earlier. It's P equal E squared divided by R. So that's 70.7 times 70.7. 4,998.49. Now we divide that by our resistance. 50 ohms. Mm-hmm. 99.96. So 100 watts, closest answer there. So that's how you figured it out. It, it's No, that's not how you figured it out. Oh, but yeah. That's, how that's you what would. I did in my head. Yeah, I could see you working you over You saw there. me ciphering. I saw you? the smoke coming out of your uh, You probably skull, heard man. something that's... squeaking and popping. <laughs> so several steps there. What is the output PEP from a transmitter if an oscilloscope measures 500 volts peak to peak across a 50 ohm resistive load connected to the transmitter output. A, 8.75 watts. B, 625 watts. C, 2,500 watts. Or D, 5,000 watts. What is the output PEP from a transmitter if an oscilloscope measures 500? Will you be my uh, co-pilot? Okay. If an oscilloscope measures 500 volts peak to peak across a 50 ohm resistive load connected to a transmitter output, really, I'll let you redeem yourself. Tell me how we would figure this out. This is basically the same thing as last time, right? Yeah, so how would we do it? Uh, 500 divided by 2. Get the peak. Times .707. To get the RMS. Oops. One seventy-six point seven five, and uh, square that. So one seventy-six point seven five times. Oops. 176.75 times 176.75 equals 31,240. 
and then divide it by resistance, resistance which was 50 again. 625. Okay. So we tripped them up in the chat room again, some of them. Oh, wow. Some folks got it. Some folks said 2,500 watts. If you're just guessing, yeah, that mm, sounds like a good answer, but you got got to actually calculate it out. You may not get lucky like Tommy did. Yeah. But he actually figured it out that time. Actually, yeah, because I wrote the formula down here so I'd remember. I'm so the answer is? 625 watts. Yeah. So this was, this was good. I actually learned something today. Yeah. I usually do learn something on these every time we do one. Yeah. It's a little more than normal this time around, yeah. though, I can tell you, because there's um, these are some that you just might not remember right off the bat. Yeah. And they're a little harder to get to the yeah, answer. Yeah, this... Uh, I, I may have known this when I took my test, or I may have memorized it. I have I don't remember. It's I don't so remember long. either. As far as I know, it wasn't even on the exam you when could, I took I, it. Yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't remember it at all. I don't have any recollection of it. But let me ask you this. What is the output PEP of an unmodulated carrier if an average reading wattmeter connected to the transmitter output indicates... 1,060 watts. Well, that's a strange thing for you to ask me. Yeah. Is it A, 530 watts? B, 1,060 watts. C, 1,500 watts. Or D, 2,120 watts. Well, and you know, it's just something that's been on my mind I, I wanted an answer to. Well, let me see if I can help you out with this. So what is the output of PEP? Output PEP or peak envelope power of an unmodulated carrier. That's there's that unmodulated carrier again. Mm -hmm. Of an average reading watt meter, average reading connected to the transmitter output indicates 1,060 watts. Well, the average of 1,060 watts is 1,060 watts. It's unmodulated, so it's another just flat carrier. I think this is the same as the last trick question. It so is. So I'm going to say B, 1,060. And, well, they're mixed a little bit in there. In the chat room, we got some A's and B's in there. But it's B. Got to read those questions real close. Yeah. Um, and every now and then there's a trick one, like this one right here. Yeah. Well, that's the second trick one. Of course, yep. I guess you plan on you drawing one or the other. I doubt you'd get both of them on the same test, but... Yeah. Yeah, we tricked them up. I mean, if we're having trouble with these. They're having trouble with them, too, because they're, mm -hmm. they're obviously a little harder. I told harder. you this was a tough set of questions tonight. Yeah. And it's not over yet. Yeah. Charlie noticed that my hair is starting to get long again. Yeah, I meant to ask you and, about that. Well, it it is, you know. Um, I just kind I didn't plan on growing it longer. It just kind of happened. <laughs> 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 no, really. Through the holidays, I was kind of busy, and I I just never had a chance to get to the barber shop. And then afterwards, I had you know major transmitter failure that took me a long time to recover from, so I didn't have time to go. And by then, it was starting to get kind of long, and I said, well, it's winter. I'll just wait. 
you know, because it, it, no need to get cold. I'll just keep, wait. Keep your neck warm. Keep my neck warm. Because I'm out some now, you know, these days at these transmitter sites and things. And, he, you know, I got thinking about it. Well, as long as I've got it this long, I could let it grow a little longer because, you know, I kind of missed out growing up. I mean, I had a crew cut when I was younger. I had a flat top. It, it was really kind of a failure. It didn't really pan out for me. It wasn't that me. flat? wasn't that flat. Um, and I had, you know, my hair parted on the right side. I had it parted on the left. I've had it parted down the middle. I've had a ponytail. But I never had a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should do. That would... Yeah. That would work for you. So I'm going to grow a little longer so I can I can uh, chop it and make a mullet. Business in the front, party in the back, There right? you go. There yeah. you go, man, for all occasions. But before I do that, <laughs> I mean, if, if it gets long enough, I might as well, and I go ahead and get this over with, too, I figure I can have a man bun. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do the mullet either. Yeah. You know, I, I missed that the first time around. I'm just going to stay out of that one. They're going to come back in style one day. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Moving right nice. along here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You must put a lot of thought into that. How does a signal that reads 20 dB over S9 compare to one that reads S9 on a receiver Assuming a properly calibrated S meter, A is 10 times less powerful, B it's 20 times less powerful, C it's 20 times more powerful, or D it is 100 times more powerful. How does a signal that reads 20 dB over S9 compare to one that reads S9 on a receiver? Assuming a properly calibrated S meter. Hmm. This one was on the chart a few minutes ago. Well, it was. First thing we've got to notice is they're talking about how powerful the signal is. So we're talking about power. We're not talking about voltage. Uh -huh. All right, so we know that we're, we're looking for a power ratio. And the S unit, that's an interesting thing there. Maybe we should discuss that before we get too far. Okay. You know, the S meter on your rig on a receiver is going to measure, say, from zero up to S9. Uh, so it's, well, it's really nine steps there if you don't count zero. The reference is supposed to be for each S unit, you get a 6 dB increase in power or in okay. a received power. But once you hit S9, you just read it in straight decibels. It's not really that intuitive either. No, so. it's not. But that's the way it is. Every S unit is 6 dB. But above that, whatever your meter says, that's just raw decibels. I'm reading 20 dB over S9. So the way you would say that, uh, you know, if you were giving somebody a signal report and it said, you know, 20 on your meter there, you'd say you're 20 over S9. Uh -huh. Or 20 dB over. Yeah. 
Uh, well, a 20 dB power ratio is 100 times more powerful. It's not A because it's not 10 times less yeah, powerful. 10, yeah, 10 dB, yep. according to the chart, was 10 times more. 20 yep. was 100. 100 times more. 30 would be 1,000 times. I say it's 100 times more. What are they saying over in the chat room? Um, D. Uh, yeah. There yeah, was a, a lot of them are voting against B the whole man bond thing. Yeah. Well, Y'all don't have to worry about that. That's, that's not going to happen. A hundred times more powerful. <laughs> what about the mullet, though? Oh, I, don't, I don't like the idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think I, I could. I say go for it. Nah, I don't think so. so. Okay, so it's 100 times more powerful. Yep. So for each 10 dB, you add another zero. Marty said the uh, mullet worked for MacGyver. He was a cool guy. Well, it did, yeah. Nobody but I never had MacGyver one. MacGyver was cool. No, I just, you know, don't think I could get my hair to stand straight up without a lot of static <laughs> electricity. A lot of hairspray. Well, is that how they did it? Is that how you did it? My hair defies gravity anyway. If my hair is short <laughs> enough, it goes straight up. Okay. How much must the power output of a transmitter be raised to change the S-meter reading on a distant receiver from S8 to S9. I just pretty much gave you this one. Is it A, approximately 1.5 times? B, approximately 2 times. C, approximately 4 times. Or D, approximately 8 times. How much must the power output of the transmitter be raised? Change the S meter. On a distant receiver from S8 to S9. That's 6 dB. For each dB, each 3 dB, it's doubled, I think. Okay. D, 8 times. All right. Most of the people this in the, is gonna double. Yeah, the chat room are saying it's B. There's a couple of C's in there. Those are the people who got it right. It, what what does that sound? Bink. Yep. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. You you I figured uh, it's gonna happen sometime tonight. But you had to answer. I don't know how you I don't know. Cause you said three D B is how much of an increase in power? Double. All right. So we we we're going to six dB. No, yeah, yeah, because one S unit is six dB. So. Yeah, I just screwed that up. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean. That's good. Well, well everybody's been wanting a buzzer. I mean, you you could still potentially pass your exam. You've only got one wrong tonight. So far, but tonight's still young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any we better. We haven't burned anything down yet either. True. Most everybody got it wrong in the chat room. They just had a different wrong answer than you did. So, well, you know, we try to spread it around. Yeah. So I can't accuse you of cheating on that one. No, I didn't cheat. No. 
I should have. Okay, so that's the the whole S unit thing there. One S yeah, unit, let's move on to something easy. Well, I tell you what, I'll make it even easier than that. We could probably use a break right now. Yeah. Well. So uh, why don't we get a message from a nearby sponsor, and then we'll be right back. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. ICOM's newest SDR transceiver, the IC9700, is coming soon. This new radio is bringing direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. The IC9700 all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features, such as dedicated amateur satellite operation, color touchscreen, built-in D-Star capability, RF direct sampling on 2 meters and 70 centimeter bands, dual independent receivers capable of full duplex operation as well as dual watch, 100 watts maximum output power on 2 meters, 75 watts max on 70 centimeters, and 10 watts max on 1.2 gigahertz. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. Attention all hams! ICOM knows that ham clubs play a big role in bringing ham communities together to learn from their peers and industry leaders. As a way to give back and help you on your mission, ICOM has launched a promotion exclusively for U.S. ham clubs and the ham fest they're involved with. By registering your club, you could win ICOM swag, a Skype presentation for your club, or your ham fest an ICOM booth setup. Register today for your chance to win at icomamerica.com hams. Thanks, ICOM, for sponsoring Ham College and Amateur Logic. Absolutely. And this contest right here. Yep. What have you got there? Man, I've got some good looking Amateur Logic. Well, not Amateur Logic. It's uh, ICOM swag, Ham Crew t shirt, and a nice ICOM ball cap for some lucky winner. You know, I'd like to have that set up myself there. How would I go about? Well, maybe getting one. You know, there's not really much to to qualify. All you really have got to have is a name and an email address. And where you do you send it? Send it to a contest at amateur, or I'm sorry, ham college at amateurlogic.tv. Okay. And uh, put your name in. Uh, one thing, if you if you wintered this month, and you happen to not be the lucky winner, you need to do it again next month because yeah. the names don't carry over. We completely wipe out the. Uh, Entire list. We don't mm -hmm. keep the email addresses. Everything just goes in the trash, and uh, we start over clean each month. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a nice, nice, good-looking shirt. Probably hold your. Uh, it's good quality material too. To probably hold your uh, lavalier mic on your shirt collar a lot better than this cheap Radio Shack shirt. <laughs> See why they went out yeah. of business. <laughs> well, yeah. well, they never got into the clothing business. <laughs> okay. Well. We have a lucky winner here. All right. We had a person email us that had a name. That's the first qualification. That, and an email address. Boom. There you go. There That's you go. That's all you got to have. You do not have to have a call sign. You don't have to be an amateur. Nope. And I'm not sure he may not be an amateur. It's uh, from Brett Orr. And Brett said, I would love to win the T-shirt and ball cap. Well. It's your lucky day, Brett. Congratulations. You'll be hearing from ICOM soon, and they'll get it right out to you. Yep. And, um, you know, if and I assume he's not a ham because he didn't put a call sign on his email there. So uh, good luck 
on your studies there and your exam. Yeah. And if you want to win this, Ham College at AmateurLogic.tv, you can uh, put us a nice message in there like Brett, or you can just give us your name. That's all. That's it. Yep. But uh, anyway, good luck in the con. Good luck in the contest. There you go. And congratulations, Brett. Five five nine. Good luck in the contest. Everybody's five nine. Yeah, that's what. That's kind of how that goes, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. We're going to get classy on y'all right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is one I don't know anything about either, so. But, yeah, this one, this is, could be a yeah. little confusing. I need to be dismissed from class. Well, maybe you ought to hang around for the lecture here. <laughs> I mean, it might might be good. Okay. We're going to talk about amplifier classes because, no, not giving classes on amplifiers is the different classes. Although some of, of us amplifier. may need one. Well, this is amplifier class right here. Amplifier 101? Yep. And they are classified alphabetically, and we're not going to cover all the classes here. We're just going to talk about the basic ones that... Um, you're likely to run across on your exam. First class that you might see is a Class A amplifier. Uh, we're showing it with a transistor here. You know, it, a Class A for a tube amplifier would work the same. On the left-hand side, you can see we've got the sine wave there. That represents the signal going in. On the right-hand side, you can see we've got another sine wave it just happens to be bigger because it's been amplified by that transistor. Oh, that's why they call it that. Yeah. One thing you might also notice is that it's inverted from the one going in. It is. It's uh, when the top, when the input swings positive, the output swings negative. That's that's not a big uh, factor in what we're going to talk about right here. What we're talking about is the class of the amplifier. A Class A amplifier is its going to be the best. It's going to have the least amount of distortion. Essentially, it conducts all 360 degrees of our sine wave there. That transistor is switched on the whole time that signal is coming into it. So it's going to give us low distortion. Unfortunately, it's going to use more power because the transistor never gets a break. It's always on. Or the tube the efficiency is only between 25 and 50 percent efficient. Half or more of the power we put into it is wasted as heat. Oh. It's clean amplifier, low distortion, but it's going to cost us more to operate because it's, you know, it, it's just taking more electricity. One other thing in the case of a tube type circuit, your tube's going to wear out quicker because it's sitting there conducting all the time. So uh, your tube night, uh, life is not going to be as long on a Class A amplifier. So that's Class A. Now, is that uh, pretty much clear as mud? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. We, we think it's good that it's low distortion, though. That sounds good. Uh-huh. Um, but the efficiency is not good. Yeah, particularly if you're running off batteries, man, just think. Yeah. yeah. That wouldn't last very long. Well, there are other classes of amplifiers that we could use. 
Yeah. Uh, the next class along the line there would be a class B amplifier. And that's this right here. You can see it's using two devices. And I say devices because they could be transistors or tubes, either one. On the left-hand side, there's our sine wave going in. The right-hand side, oh, look what it's doing there. One of those transistors is conducting the um, positive half of the signal, and the other one, the negative half. Mm. So it's kind of splitting the load there. You might call this a push-pull design. Okay. Because when one is pushing the signal up, the other one is pulling it down. The output of those two transistors are tied together there. Where they're rejoined, you can see right there on the baseline, mm -hmm. crossover region. Okay. That's where the, the two halves of the signals are spliced back together. Well, that's kind of an interesting concept, to, how yep, that works. It is. So what that ends up being is the conduction is happening 180% of the time on each of those transistors there. So neither one is operating, you know, full time. So you split the load across the two tubes or whatever. No. Mm -hmm. So each device is on half the time, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's a push-pull amplifier. We just uh, discussed why on that. Each device amplifies half of the signal. Theoretically, the efficiency could be as high as 78.5%. That's a heap better. Practically... We're talking closer to 60%, but still, that's a lot better. However, where those two signals are spliced together there, that's called the crossover region. We could end up with some crossover distortion to where they don't combine, uh, you know, just perfectly right there. There could be one's off a, a little from the other. A chance for some signal distortion right there. Not real bad, but I mean, you know, there, there would could be some there. So that's what a Class B amplifier is. Is that uh, does that make sense? It's start. The water's starting to get a little clearer. It's not not. It's not. I can't quite see down to the bottom of the pool yet, but it's starting to. Okay. Well, let me try to uh, filter it out a little more for you here. Okay. There's another class of amplifier. Kind of falls in between Class A and Class B. This is uh, Class AB. And you can see it's essentially the same thing as a Class B amplifier. There's two transistors there, and each one of them is pulling half the work, same as before, except you notice those two diodes there on the front end. What that's doing is uh, they're uh, controlling the bias of the transistors. You know, that's how you turn a transistor or a tube on and off is through the bias voltage that you apply there on the input. By varying the bias between the two there, we can kind of shift where the crossover occurs. In essence, we'll get uh, lower distortion than we would with uh, just a Class B alone because our, our crossover is not happening there at the same region. In other words, the splice point is, is different. So uh, a Class AB is like a Class B, but the conduction angle is shifted, so each device conducts more than half the time. So there's never a complete off. So that amplifier is never completely on. off. Never, yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's no like. I, I would want think about it as like gaps, but. Right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's how you could think about it. So there's going to be lower crossover distortion with it. The efficiency is going to be less than seventy-eight point five percent, though. 
Uh, because, you know, we're using a little more power there. The Right. You know, but it's you got not, a cleaner signal. You got a cleaner signal. So class A B is pretty popular, say, in um in hi fi amplifiers. Okay. Uh, class B would not be that popular because of distortion. Uh, class A is like boutique. Yeah, I think I grade. used to have an amplifier like that in my old car when I first. Class B, yeah. It sounded like it. Yeah. Uh, a B is semi-typical. That that'd be a good amplifier. Class A though, that's like I say, boutique. That's the exotic amplifiers are really high dollar stuff. Oh, yeah. Not only does it cost a lot of money, it costs a lot of money to operate uh, with electricity, and there's a lot more heat generated by it. But it's desirable because the because of the uh, higher quality. Yeah, so lower distortion. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about one other type of amplifier, and based on where we've gone so far, what do you think it will be? Uh, class C. Class C. Yeah, and I, I know that one exists because I actually remember a little bit about this one. There's only a single device there. They're not doing the push-pull thing. Yeah, it looks almost like the A. Yeah, it does look almost like the A. Except you notice looking there at the waveform, that doesn't look a whole lot like what we put in. Nope. The left-hand side, we got a nice sine wave. The right-hand side, it's kind of... Drooped, and it's only like you know half of the waveform there. It would take a lot less power because you can see it's conducting a lot less of the time. The things that kind of distinguish the class C is it's uh, less than 180 degrees of conduction angle, less than 50% of the input signal is used, distortion is high, and uh, practical uses require a tuned circuit as a load. And efficiency can reach as high as 80% in radio frequency applications. Look at that output, though, the waveform there. I mean, yeah, it's kind of kind of rounded, but... It's kind of nasty. doesn't look much at all like what's going in. How could you even use a class C? Well, it doesn't look... Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe... You couldn't, put, you couldn't use it for voice, I wouldn't think. No. Maybe CW. Or you have a tone. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. i tell you what. Maybe. I don't know. Before we get too far into it, because I don't want to give away everything right now, but we've given you um, a little information there on class A, B, AB, and C amplifiers. There's other classes. There's a t class D. There's a class E. I believe there's a class H uh, and more. But we're not going to cover all those because those aren't on your exam. And um, you could run across some of those other classes, though, on ham radio. But they're radically different than the ones we've talked about so far. A class E amplifier, I, that actually happens to be what's in my FM transmitter. Class E echo? C. Charlie. Yep. We have Class C amplifiers in our FM transmitters. And you would think, oh, how can you get by with the Class C yeah. using it, you know, as an amplifier? That signal doesn't look at all the same. Well, on the FM, we can. 
uh, because we need high power. Um, say, well, my higher power one, it's a 35 kilowatt transmitter. So it's kind of pricey to operate. And the tube in it, you know, is kind of pricey too. Mm -hmm. So by running it Class C, we get better efficiency. It generates less heat. It's going to use less electricity. And our tube's going to last a little longer. But the way we can get by with it is because the signal we're putting into it, the output doesn't have to look exactly like it. Okay. That's the trick. Oh, so you so basically you distort what's going into it to get what you want out of it? Exactly. You put up with the oh, distortion. Wow. Because all we're doing on that, you know, um, basically we have an oscillator that generates our the frequency of our carrier. Yeah. And we're going to amplify that with this big, you know, 35-kilowatt amplifier. But there's no AM modulation on this. You know, it's FM. So all we're doing is shifting the frequency of that amplifier or sh shifting the frequency of our carrier. So, and then, you know, we're, we're taking that signal just like it is and amplifying it with that Class C amplifier. It doesn't matter that, you know, it may not look exactly the same. All we're looking for is that it's the changes in frequency. So that's how we can get by with a Class C. Oh, wow. That's interesting. All right. So based on all that, um, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. But I do have that was questions. A lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. HamStudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stuffelbean, KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. So let's get into some questions here and, and see how that relates to anything that you might have on your exam. The first one here, I don't remember who asked the last question. Um, I think you asked me the last one. Okay. So um, I'll ask you this one. I haven't been keeping up yeah. on my sheets. So. Which of the following is a characteristic of a Class A amplifier? Is it A, low standby power? B, high efficiency? C, no need for bias? Or D, low distortion? Well, based on what we just said, 
And if my memory is not faulty, like it has been known to be from time to time, I'm thinking the answer is D, low distortion for the Class A. You would think, based on our recent based discussions. Based on the class I just got out of. There you go. There you go, a class on classes. Class on classes, hey. Well, let's see what they're saying. Oh, um, the answers are starting to come in in the chat room, and folks are saying D. So maybe you're on something there. Maybe I'm on to something? Yeah. No, or maybe you're on something. I, I don't it know. It could be. Yeah. Well, let's see. Look at that. A little distortion. It is almost like you've been to school. It's almost like I was paying attention. Almost. <laughs> That's not like at school. True. True. Well, this is more more interesting stuff than school. That's true. So, um, it's college. People pay good money for this stuff. Going yep. to college. Oh, they do. And we're giving it all to you for yeah, free. For free. I don't know what else we can say about why D is the answer. I think we pretty much... I think you covered it. Yeah. So let's just move on to the next one here. Okay. For which of the following modes is Class C power stage appropriate for amplifying a modulated signal? A, single sideband. B, CW. C, AM. Or D, all of these choices are correct. For which of the following modes is a Class C power stage appropriate for amplifying a modulated signal? Hmm. Are they, so there is modulation on this signal. Single sideband. I got to say, man, if you used a Class C power amp, on single sideband, they would probably run you out of town on a rail. <laughs> uh, that would be some kind of nasty signal. You know, if you're going to amplify single sideband, that, that, you got a pretty decent amplifier. Yeah. You know. um, so that's going to rule out D as well. All the choices can't be correct. C, A, M. No, because as we just discussed there, it's pretty important that those signals get spliced back together. You know, both halves are, mm -hmm. you know, or um, you need the whole waveform. You can't just chop out part of it and amplify it. So that's not going to be it. I'm going to say it's B, CW, because basically for CW, all we're trying to do is get a tone across. You know, we're not mm -hmm. trying to reproduce exact modulation or anything like that yeah well, so it's got to be it that's what everybody's saying yep most everybody mm -hmm. there are a couple of dissenters in there cw all right all right let's move on then which of these classes of amplifiers has the highest efficiency. Is it A, Class A? B, Class B. C, Class AB. Or D, Class C. 
And I believe we just determined that that was going to be class C. D is the answer. Not class C. C or D? Yeah, D, C. D, it's C. Okay. D, it's class C. Yeah. So you're saying it's C. I'm number D. But it's number D. <laughs> okay. Um, C's are starting to come in in the chat room over there. Yeah, but they're saying they're putting in C's in there, which would be class A, B. Yep. And they're putting a, there's a B and a D. Which is the highest efficiency? I'm I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say the answer is D, class C. How can you argue with that? That's what happens when you don't sleep in class. Yep. Which of the following describes a linear amplifier? A. Any RF power amplifier used in conjunction with an amateur transceiver. B. An amplifier in which the output preserves the input signal. C, a class C high efficiency amplifier. Or D, an amplifier used as a frequency multiplier. Which of those describes a linear amplifier? Well, you know, I just happen to have a couple of linear amplifiers in here. And they... Uh, they're great because you can just take the signal coming out of your transmitter, run them into this amplifier, and get a lot more of the same signal you put in out to your antenna. So we're not multiplying the frequency. We're just taking what the transceiver gives us, or the transmitter, and just amplifying that. So it's not D. See a classy high efficiency amplifier that would be nice, and you would hope that you could do that because you could get a lot more power out of an amplifier if it was class C. But that's not the case. Uh, we're talking about a linear amplifier, that means what we're putting in, we want to get out linearly or actually the same signal that's going in needs to come out. We know with a Class C high efficiency amplifier that um, that's going to be kind of nasty coming out of it, so couldn't use it for a linear amplifier. Uh, a, any RF power amplifier used in conjunction with an amateur transceiver. No, you can't say any RF power amplifier because you could use a Class C amplifier for CW. We just Mm -hmm. demonstrated, or you could use one for for FM. Uh, so the answer is B, an amplifier in which the output preserves the input signal. That's what you want. You want what's going into the amplifier to come out. Uh, say if, if you're running a single sideband into your amplifier or AM, it needs to be the same signal you're putting in. Otherwise, you're generating all kinds of garbage coming out. Um, your your audio is not going to sound as good. It's not going to be received as well, and you're going to be interfering with other folks. So, class B. Uh, no, excuse me. Answer B, Number not B. class B. <laughs> Number B. And 
Yeah, we had mostly bees. Mostly bees, and it is bee. We got a couple more questions. Oh, great. Where <laughs> those came from, huh? Yep. <laughs> it's been a rough night, man. I'm going to have to go lay down when we get done with this one. What reading on the plate current meter of a vacuum tube RF power amplifier indicates correct adjustment of the plate tuning control? Is it A, a pronounced peak? B, a pronounced dip? C, no change will be observed? Or D, a slow rhythmic oscillation? Ah. Uh. What reading on the plate current meter of a vacuum tube RF amplifier indicates correct adjustment? Uh, I don't think I don't think there's a rhythm, and I don't think there's C no change. It's going to be A or B, I think. Reading the plate current meter of a vacuum tube indicates the correct adjustment. I haven't had an amplifier in so long. Was it a tube type when, mm -hmm. when you did? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with B, a pronounced dip, because I was thinking that you wanted to keep the plate voltage down. That's talking about current. Oh, it does. I, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm still going to go with B. I just don't know. It's my first punch. But I really have no idea. I haven't had an amplifier in forever. Um, yeah, most of them are saying B. And it was what a good hunch. D, there's a B. Yeah. B, dip. A pronounced dip. Why is that? I, that Why was, is this that? was a guess. I, I don't really didn't know. Well, that is the one. correct answer. If you've got a tube type amplifier and you're adjusting uh, the plate tuning control on it, you want to look at, uh, typically look at your plate current meter and you want to adjust it until that meter dips down. The reason is when that amplifier is perfectly tuned, it's going to have the best efficiency, which means it'll be drawing less current. When, when it's not optimally tuned, it's not operating as efficiently, and you're not going to be getting the maximum power out of it, and it's going to draw more current, wasted. Well, that's right. kind of was my thinking along along the lines of it being low for 
basically being more efficient. But yep. Current One drops. Day I'm gonna get an amplifier. Yeah, you say that. I don't believe One you. Day. One day. One okay. day. I'm home long enough to turn my rig on. Well, it'd be hard to tune it without turning your rig on. It's hard to tune it not being yeah. here either. Interestingly enough, the Class C amplifiers I was talking about earlier for the FM transmitters, uh -huh. you would think running, uh, you know, 20 to 35 kW, you ought to see a pretty good dip in that plate current meter. Uh -huh. You don't see hardly any dip at all. Really? The amplifier is so broadbanded in this particular transmitter that you don't notice much of a dip at all in the plate current. So you have to tune it for peak power. You look at the output power of the transmitter and you peak it up. And that'll coincide with a, maybe a slight dip in the meter. But that's that's not the case with hardly any other amplifiers. That's just this this particular one. It just happens to be that way. And that's kind of interesting. It's also interesting that is a Class C amplifier. And the efficiency on these transmitters is right around 80%, 78 to 80%. Yeah. So... Um, all this stuff kind of lines up. It makes it a little easier for me to, you know, to answer yeah, some of these I questions. Bet. All right, one final question tonight, and I will be a nice guy. You can ask me this one. Thank you. Which of the following instruments may be used to monitor relative RF output when making antenna and transmitter adjustments? I know this one. A, a field strength meter. B, an antenna noise bridge. C, a multimeter. Or D, a Q-meter. Which of those instruments can be used to monitor relative RF output when making antenna and transmitter adjustments? Okay, so whatever we're using has got to be monitoring off the air so it can see changes in not only the transmitter but the antenna as well. Mm-hmm. A Q-meter, what do you think a Q-meter does? It uh, measures your Q-tips. <laughs> <laughs> a Q-meter kind of uh, sort of uh, measures... That uh, was pretty lame, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Just to scratch that part off. I mean, it's at least as good as what I expected <laughs> you to come up with. So, yeah. <laughs> Edit that. Yeah. Um. Q is a measure of bandwidth, or it's a quality, basically, of, say, a coil, you know, would be measured with a, a Q meter. So, no, that's not going to tell us much about the relative RF output. C, a multimeter, that's like my, you know, volt-ohm meter. Uh-huh. Good luck measuring it with that. Yeah. You might pick up something on it, but it wasn't really intended to do it. You know, you just got RFI. Uh, B, an antenna noise bridge, you use that to tune an antenna with. And, you know, maybe you could say, well, you know, that's, you do need your antenna tuned. But that's not going to give you a relative RF output. The only thing there that I see that could work would be, A, a fill strength meter. Yeah, and the, kind of the key there is relative. 
Yep. Um, so yeah, fill strength meter. If we made an adjustment on the transmitter, we would see a change in the fill strength. If we made an adjustment on the antenna, we could see a change in the fill strength. So it's got to be a... Everybody gotta got be. that. Yep. It's A, eh? It's A. A. That was some tough questions. Yeah, Not I that last one. Lay down. Y'all, thanks for joining us. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Well, I'll was, tell you what. That was tough, man. I told you it was going to be a rough, or I told them it's going to yeah. be a rough one. That is a nice-looking shirt you've got on there, Tommy. What is that you're wearing? It's a Radio Shack leftover shirt. You know, I, I wore one exactly like that yesterday. Did I mean, you? yeah. I paid a dollar for mine when they were going out of business. Well, that's when I got mine, so I probably paid a dollar for it, too. That's yep. why it's not strong enough to hold up this lavalier. And this one here, I wore it tonight because I knew there would be math. Yeah. You wore your cheat shirt. My Ohm's Law shirt. Yeah. But say I needed to expand my wardrobe with some uh, other great-looking T-shirts. Where would be a good place? You know, I know where you could get some. Oh? Yeah, you can go to amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. You can get yourself a T-shirt. There's... Uh, like golf, polo-type shirts there, ball caps, sweatshirts, jackets, all kind of stuff. Go to amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. You know Dayton's coming up. Yeah. It's actually a good time to, to get your Amateur Logic swag and, and represent their Dayton Hamvention if you're going. It is, and if you happen to run into um, a particular professor or a dean there, yeah, could find say you, hello. Could find yourself on the show. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. If you, yeah. You're not opposed to it. True. We don't. We don't generally put on people. Well, I can't say we've never put on anybody. It says, "Oh, don't, don't put me on," because they really want to be. <laughs> so, yeah, nobody. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think anybody's actually said, "Don't put me on," that I can recall. Wayne. Ah, uh, he he knows he yeah. enjoys it. Yeah. He don't count. Maybe we should uh, wrap up class here for tonight. All right, class is dismissed. Don't forget your homework. Turn your papers in on my desk as you're leaving. And uh, yep. be safe out there. And for your lessons, uh, you can visit our, uh, well, one of our social clubs here, facebook.com slash group slash ham college, or you can follow us on Twitter at ham college or at amateur logic. Mm-hmm. And also, remind you about the wiki. Uh, the wiki for both Amateur Logic and Ham College is at amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. You can get your show notes there. Yep. It's a good reference if you're looking for something. It is. Thanks for being here tonight, everyone. Uh, it was a tough, tough course tonight. I'm glad it looks like everybody survived, came out the other side. And next month, I don't know what we're going to be talking about yet. We never know till we after it's over with. I got a feeling we'll be talking about... No, I don't know. I don't know if there's any more of these same questions. I think maybe we got to the end of this section. Yeah, well, it doesn't mean it's going to get any easier. <laughs> no, it probably won't get any easier. 
that was tough. But at least some of the stuff I remembered. You know, we don't really study these before we come on, clearly. Hmm. So it's all from memory or experience. I'm going to fess up. I actually did a lot of studying last night. Well, you did the, you did the lesson. When you Whoever yeah. does the lesson usually ends up studying a, good, a fair amount. Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I it's kind of had to. Otherwise, um, boy, it's no telling what I would have told them tonight. <laughs> no, I mean I knew what. You would have got quite the reputation just for making yeah. something up. I mean, I know what the different classes of amplifiers are. I'm just not sure I could have explained it um, very well. Well, you did did a nice job on the lesson. All right. Seven Thanks, three, everyone. Bye. I've got one of them too, and this is the same one, the broadcast. Oh, turn his lights out. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. better.